0: and suddenly it's this war in the comment section. It's like, man, it's just not how people talk to one another. Like We wanna talk in love, we wanna talk in kindness, we wanna lead, most importantly, with curiosity and trying to understand the other side.
1: Welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim, two pastors discussing practical details about life, leadership, parenting, and being more centered around Jesus first. The goal of this show is to help you keep your eyes on Jesus through the busyness of life and clutter of your schedules. Now, join us for the conversation.
0: Hey, welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. Excited about today's episode as we dive into haters and criticism. What do you do? What do you do? (laughs) I'm really excited to get to it. and I've got some great stories. I'm sure you do as well. But Tim, why don't you kick us off with do you have a story? Like, do you have just like a great story of a troll or a comment that you've received recently and then how you mm. responded with that?
1: Well, yes. I'm just trying to think of a good one because there's so many. Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah, I know. You always like on social media, you always have something going on where I'm like, I wonder if he's going <laughs> to respond. I think so. I,
1: you know, 2020, I started getting on TikTok and that was a huge Everyone was on there, it seemed like because of COVID. And so you had Christian TikTok was a huge thing, even way more than it is today. And then you would have these new platforms of Christians that were new Christians who then had a platform on TikTok and would say all kinds of crazy stuff. And then you had, it was just a different environment than it is today. And you had, you have more social media options now than we even did then. And so for me, when I started having an online platform, I had to go through, uh, stage of, okay, I care too much for what people are saying, and then now I'm almost on the path of really don't care unless I know you. Right, yeah. And so there's a balance in between because there is some comments I think are good to engage with, and there's other, when we talk about trolls, there are some comments that you can just recognize for what it is, and block button has become my friend, whereas in the (laughs) past I might engage with them a little too much. And so I think for an example for me, when Back in 2020, there was two specific moments when I would say that I completely virally blew up with haters. The first one was, I did a video that says, if the Bible calls it a sin, your opinion doesn't matter. Very short, 10 second clip. And people oh. took that and duetted it and shared it and commented. Like you wouldn't believe but I'm talking thousands and thousands And probably thousands of comments, mostly from atheists who, you know, questioned the Bible, who just did all kinds of stuff. And so that was one. The other one was, I talked about witchcraft and Christianity and how we need to stay away from it. I was talking to Christians, mind you, that we need to stay away from witchcraft practices. And that one completely blew up on Witch Talk, which is a thing on TikTok, of witches. Uh, And so I got thousands and thousands of comments from witches. Talking about that video, and
0: super positive
1: group of people, by the way,
0: right? Super positive group of, yeah.
1: And so those things lasted maybe forty eight hours, maybe a little longer. It wasn't like this long, drawn out thing. But for those forty eight hours, when I was getting thousands of comments from witches, first of all, I I really felt spiritual oppression. It was a spiritual. I put my spiritual armor on, but then how do you engage with that many comments? How you, you can't. Yeah. So I think for me that was eye opening to realize that okay, you know co- the comment section is not a place to change someone's mind. You know it, it is a place where you can defend yourself. Sure, sure. You can maybe even share some light on the topic, but yeah, you're not going to fully change someone's mind in general. Yeah. I would say 99.9% of the time, the comment section is not right. where you do it. It's through relationship. Right. It's through right a deeper one on one and knowing someone personally. So those are two times for me where I really had to figure out, am I going to engage with every comment? And if I'm not, then which ones do I engage with? And how do I go about this? Do I just remove myself from social media? Do I just overuse the block button and go crazy on people that have a different difference of opinion? Right. So the answer is no to those. But then, sure, there are times to block people. And I can tell when someone comments, for the most part, their intentions. If they're it's asking like a leading question, if they're like, really help me understand this. Or yeah, is it like
0: curiosity just, or yeah. is it just intent, right? Yeah. And so
1: if I can tell someone struggling or someone has genuine questions, then yeah, I'll, I'll go out of my way to answer them. But in general, trolls, best to ignore. What about you? Yeah,
0: I prescribe to that. I mean, if somebody's got a comment and it doesn't seem like they're seeking to understand what you're presenting or even understand the text then, or even the filter and backstory of where you're coming from and it's just lashing out, which usually that's what happens in a comment section. Then you're right. Like that's not where you're going to prove a point. You just let it be. And it is what it is. You have a block button for a reason. You have a, you know, delete comment section for a reason. I get you going through what you did on TikTok like how do I respond to thousands of comments that are, you, you just let it happen but it does let you know that hey you you offended people but if you're going to offend people offend them with the gospel right like that's what we've yep. always yep. been taught so it's not an opinion thing like this is the gospel this is what we believe and this is our truth and both of the things that you put out like I would stand with you on it so it is what it is I have an interesting situation in my life where I have multiple people that I have friended. And when I say friended, like I, I see them occasionally, like we, you know, we either talk through social media or like we literally are face to face at some occasions. And I will only hear from them when I've made them angry. (laughs) Like that's it. I know them. They know me, but there's no like check in. How's your family? How you doing? Like there's no like want for me to do well and them to do well. There's no. just like hey I wanted to let you know you really ticked me off right here. So, you know, <laughs> I even isn't that great. It's pretty one-sided. So, I got a text earlier this week because of all this stuff going on in Israel and the text said, "Why is your church," I'm paraphrasing, "but why is your church not reaching out to people of Islam and joining them in protest?" And I'm like, "Uh, all right. So, you have to understand that Islam is very different than, than Jesus, and we're, we're praying for peace, and we're praying for both sides, peace and revival on both sides. But as far as like going out in the streets and protesting against Israel, which the Bible says is like God's land, that is the promised land. No. I don't don't think we're on the same page. So I get these people in my life sometimes that are like, hey, I just want to like throw this at you. And it comes from no understanding of biblical truth. It comes from no even curiosity of like, what would have been a better way is like, hey, what does the Bible say? Or what does your church say about these protests going on? And like lead with that, right? Like you said, a leading question. But to just come out and be like, why is your church not doing this? It's like, well, we're not doing that because it's not biblical, right? It would be difficult to say we're a church and we stand with Jesus, but we stand against what Jesus preaches. That's Mm -hmm. really challenging. And so that's certainly a thing. And then, you know, even with this podcast, Tim, we try to expand our territory, so to speak, and our reach. And we want to reach new people. We want to reach Christians. We want to reach non-Christians. We know because of the people that listen to this podcast that the overwhelming majority of people that tune into it to, a, to a, a title Eyes on Jesus podcast are Christians. So usually when we speak, we're, you know, 90% of the time we're going at the Christian and we're trying to challenge you in your faith and we're trying to help you keep your eyes on Jesus. That's like the whole concept of the podcast, right? But in expanding our reach, we get in touch with some people that maybe don't have that background or see Jesus differently and gospel differently and Bible differently. And suddenly it's this like war in the comment section. It's like, man, that's, it's just, that's not how people talk. It's just not how people talk to one another. Like we want to talk in love. We want to talk in kindness. We want to lead most importantly with curiosity and trying to understand the other side, and so I, I feel like me and you do a pretty good job. Maybe I mean I don't know. The, the listeners yeah, can correct. Me we did the wrong. question episode. Yeah, well, I feel well, like we do a pretty good, good job team. of yeah trying to gain some understanding and speaking to that, and we also do a good job of helping people understand that like we don't have all the answers and we don't know everything. But it is really interesting that there's like you said, there's criticism, there's leading with curiosity, and someone like really wanting to know. And then there's just the troll of, I'm just trying to devalue everything that you're saying. Yeah. So, so I think when it comes to how we respond to trolls, like you said, man, there's a block and a report <laughs> on most social media. There's yeah. delete comment, and you don't have to respond because at the end of the day, like you're not going to prove anything to anybody. If someone's genuinely leading with curiosity, I think it's a great opportunity, not even in the comment section, maybe like click on their profile, send them a message and even start a conversation because you never know what that could lead to, right? What I'm most curious about though, too, because you get on stage and, and you preach and you get on stage and you talk almost every Sunday. And on top of that, you have a lot going on social media and you have this podcast, like you're very out there. You have books. Like once you write something, once you say something, it's forever now. So my my question to you is like how do you deal with criticism that might come cuz you 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 know you never know it might come from a good place from somebody it might come from a bad place but how do you deal with criticism and finding out and discerning through like is this something i need to pay attention to is this maybe something i need to correct yeah. and how do i move forward in that
1: Yeah, I think that's a good question. And the first thing that came to mind is consider the source, right? If it's someone that I care about that I have a relationship with that I know is for me and not against me, and they have criticism, then yeah, I'm gonna listen to that. I'm gonna say, okay, this person might have more wisdom than me in this area, or they might see something. They might be like a watchman on my walls that see something approaching that I don't see. And so I want to be aware of that. And then once I consider the source, consider the comment and then say, okay, is this Can I explain this away? Is there even a degree of truth to it? Right. Even if the whole thing is not true, is there a part of it that might be true that I need to look at in my life? And then consider the consequence. What's going to be my follow-up? Is there something I need to change? Is there something I need to explain better? Or is Mm -hmm. it just a misunderstanding that I can figure out? And so when you consider the source, you're going to take care of a lot of things that come up and i was thinking too you know without social media how many haters and trolls would we have i know without the internet you, you, you just didn't have people before the internet that would come up to your face and be like i hate this and say like a paragraph of stuff right you because really it wouldn't would. happen you know right. i think it was if you've seen the video online of these two dogs barking at a gate right and then Rah, 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 rah. And as soon as the gate opens up, they're both scared and they just sniff each other and they don't do anything. That's what yeah. happens when people come in face to face. You know, when you're with somebody in person, yeah. it's rarely will you see the type of hatred that you see online sometimes. Yeah, anybody online. can hide behind a keyboard. Right. Or they can just hide with a different avatar, a different face, a different name. Yeah. It's not even the person. And they can say whatever they want, and there's no accountability. So that's the world we're we are living in. And so when it comes down to and that was kind of my question for you too, is on the same aspect of being a pastor, you will hear things in person and not just online. It it's always goes back to like, okay, you did a 45-minute sermon and there's one comment of someone's like, well, you actually misquoted this or you said, I don't agree with this one thing out of 45 minutes. And I used to be that critical person. I've talked to here before about the critical yeah. spirit that just highlights the one thing you've done wrong and not right. the 100 things that you agree with. Right, and so I think for us, just just us listening, not just saying all the trolls out there, but us personally, how are we critical of other people? How are, how do we have a critical spirit? Because discernment, and I talk about discernment all the time. Discernment is not a critical spirit; those are two different things. Discernment is right. love and truth together, and right. a critical spirit is only truth or your perceived truth spread out and spewed out to other people with zero love. That's a critical spirit. It's so a discernment is to be able to discern what's happening, and also to to discern that hey, maybe it's not my avenue to say anything. Maybe you have one hundred percent clear discernment, which no one does. But let's say you did. Let's say you're the <laughs> one person that can see everything with perfect clarity and perfect truth. Right. And you right. Can see that pastor's sermon, and you know five things he said wrong. You have discernment. Should you say anything to him? That's when you have to go before God and say, "Okay, I'm going to be quiet." Or Sorry. I'm only going to sandwich it like, hey, I love this about you. I love that you did this. I would slightly caution you about this, but I love what you do and keep it up. Yeah, Maybe you do that. But discernment is to know what to do. And, and it's not just a one approach for everything. It's to be able to see what's wrong and then know when to step in and say something. And I think that's yeah. a missing thing because too often we have a critical spirit. Well, I'm going to tell them, I'm going to show them what's up. And that's what we do in the comments as opposed to having a relationship first. and maybe you see someone that has a problem with maybe an addiction and you take them out to coffee and you get involved in their life and maybe three months down the road, you bring up the addiction, not on day one. How about we try that? Right. And how about we actually love people to the point that we want to be involved with their life and then help them through the problem or help them through the addiction because we have the life experience and the maturity to help them through that instead of just, I mean, we want, we know what it's like to be young and then hear people older than us telling us what to do. We're like, I know, I know better, right? And as you get older, you realize that there's wisdom to be had in people that have years behind them. Very and so much. I think we, we cannot lose that. And I it, you never get to the point where there's not other people that you can learn from. And so we have to realize that there is wisdom from other sources in life. That's one of the sources of discernment I talk about, the Bible, the Holy Spirit, and people that we are in relationship. That's how we discern mm-hmm. God's yep. voice. And so if we don't have relationships with people, if we are our own island, It's just me and my Bible, great, but also you're missing the wisdom from others that are made in God's image who have learned things and have life experiences that you don't have.
0: Yeah, and in both of those scenarios, what you mentioned and spoke of is preparation. Like not just in how you speak and understanding if you should take the criticism, but also in speaking the criticism. And I think that's a step that we miss because on social media, it's easy to just react. Right. It's easy to watch a video and be like, I didn't like that, you know, or I I really love that. Or, you know, I can double tap and I have it forever now on TikTok. I can share it. I can, you know, do a million things with it. So we look at a piece of content. We immediately judge it. We don't take the time to not only look at the full piece of content so that we have some context, but also we, do we like, do we take time to actually pause in it and rest in it, pray about it, seek God about it? So one of the things that, I try to do when receiving criticism is one, I I always want to take the approach of I want to get better. So I always want to get better. So Mm -hmm. even if it's coming from a source that, you know, maybe I don't trust, I at least hear it. I at least listen to it. And then, like you said, if they don't know you, like if I've got some guy who I don't know, let's say I've got some guy that like doesn't even live near me has never really had a conversation with me, doesn't know my backstory, doesn't know my family, doesn't know really anything. But one thing I said, now they're just going to go off on it. All right. That seems like a really messed up way to do that. However, if there's somebody that's like, hey, man, I've been noticing some things in you. Here's what I'm seeing. I'm going to take that and I'm going to go, hey, hey, God, like, I'm not seeing this, but would you show it to me? Is this what I'm doing right now? Because this has the potential to maybe offend other people. And I, I don't want to do that. I never want to offend anyone. But I don't want to be a, a hindrance to the truth being presented. And so there's got to be preparation in that. And that also means that anytime you speak, whether it's on a podcast or whether it's on social media or whether it's on a platform on Sunday mornings, there needs to be preparation. There needs to be time spent with God. And you need to be able to be confident in everything that you're saying. If not, you should probably not say it. All right? You should probably just chill out with that cuz you're opening the door there. And then on the flip side if you're giving criticism, same deal. You need to recognize something and then you need to ask yourself is this a one-time thing? Is this a pattern? Is this a moment? Is this a lifestyle? And then pray about it, you know, Jesus, how should I present this? Should I present this? If I do, what do I say? How do I go about it? When would be the best time? And all of those are are super valuable things to think through and walk through because otherwise You're just going to be in this rat race like we see the world doing right now where it's just like constant reaction and then a reaction to the reaction and then a reaction to that person's reaction. I mean, I saw, saw a thing on TikTok the other day. It was four blocks. It was the original video, the person's reaction video, the reaction to that person's reaction of the video, and then the person who actually posted the video going, you know, I just think that the, and like I'm like now I'm listening to your reaction of Never. their reaction and what was so fascinating about it is the person who was reacting was agreeing with the original source. So you didn't want to just share the original video, you wanted to share a negative reaction and another negative reaction so that you could prove a point that the first video was saying anyways. Like it just blew my mind. It just blew my mind, but this is what we do now because We want you to hear us and our version, and we're special and we know it all. And it's just such a big load of, you know. Yeah. I mean, that when I scroll to TikTok, there are
1: dozens and dozens of videos I would love to comment on. I mean, I would love to just have a voice in that person's life. And I just scroll past because, yeah, who am I to comment right now? What is one comment going to do? They're probably just. Wanting a comment like mine to to validate yep. their point, and then it opens the door, and
0: thousands will come at you.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've and had that happen too. A comment that up. Yeah, I mean it's. Or so anymore, I just refrain. Like, there's no point. Where right? there's just no point. And I think too, you know, when we go back to like church and comments in church, and if you're leading a ministry, if you're leading a business, if you're leading anything, if you made a change every time someone had an opinion. Oh gosh. What what would you even be standing for? What would be your vision at that point? It would be like, you know, driving the ship and just constantly changing every little bit instead of staying the courts, right? Yep. I mean, we just we had people that left the church because our Sundays weren't celebratory enough. They didn't feel good about themselves after the, after church was over. Okay. So they went to a different church that had that. And then we had someone who didn't leave but had a comment that the sermons are not challenging enough that yeah. i don't even though we talk about sin we talk about money we talk about all this stuff I mean, there's just two examples of complete polar opposite
0: yeah totally so that, people yeah, that got
1: so I'm with you. really the point of discussing okay your pastor whoever's leaving on a sunday has to consider there's brand new christians there's christians that have been christians for 30 years there's people that are more reformed there's people that are more charismatic there's all a variation of people that might be in the building how do you
0: Give a message, right? That completes everybody. First of all, you can't. Not to mention now the message goes online right. and then you don't know who's going to see it. So now you're thinking about people that are unchurched, dechurched, never been to church, always been to church, left the church, hurt by the church, new Christians, old Christians, every generation. Like it's unreal. Yeah. It's unreal.
1: When you think about online, there, there's plenty of knowledge online, but not wisdom. There's knowledge really online, but not wisdom. What's yep. the difference? The way I think about it is whenever you get right, this overwhelming mm-hmm. feedback for things, let's say if you're a parent, you're brand new parent, mm-hmm. you're going to get a lot of feedback. A lot of mm-hmm. feedback from people who have advice on what to do, how to get them to sleep well, how to get them to eat mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you take them out in the store, it just seems like people come out of the woodwork to give you advice. True or not, it's probably not wisdom because they don't know you specifically. They don't know your situation. Now, if you hear from your mom, your grandma, somebody probably should listen. They might be annoying and they might say it over and over, but there's probably wisdom there because maybe they did things a little bit different in the 1960s, but there's wisdom. Sure. And they have a relationship with you. So you can listen, you don't have to change, but you can still listen and be gracious and say, thank you for the Mm -hmm. feedback. And so when we look at power of our tongue, best place to look is James three. It's a small chapter, but it goes on the power of the tongue. And at the end, it talks about wisdom. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom, quote, does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Mm -hmm. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder. In every evil practice. So it's saying the yep. wisdom of the world is not God's wisdom. In fact, the wisdom that is built by selfish ambition is actually demonic. It is wisdom mm-hmm. from the devil. And so mm-hmm. there is what seems right unto man is actually a practice and doctrine of demons. And so it ends in verse 17, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all, pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit impartial and sincere peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness and it's so much easier to be a peacemaker than a peacekeeper it's so much easier to do the hard work to make peace as opposed to just keep the peace just don't rattle the boat don't do anything offensive don't do anything to hurt others feelings Right, it's so much easier to keep peace in a, a wartime scenario, right? In a, in a peacetime scenario, countries that can keep the peace don't do anything. But to actually make peace, like right now in the Middle East, to actually make peace, that's so much harder. And so it's harder in our lives, especially as Christians,
0: to be a peacemaker. But that's yeah. who we're called to be. So, when was the last time that someone? Well, I won't say when was the last time because that's a little unfair. Because you never know what you can share. Give me an example. I'm curious. Give me an example of a time when someone gave you criticism and you were like, Yeah, that's really good. I should learn from that.
1: Yeah. And you examples. got better. So Okay, go. On Sunday morning, right? I'm the executive pastor. I handle like the flow of all the different ministries. So I'm kind of in the lobby, but not really planted. I'm kind of moving around as people need things. And so mm-hmm. there was one Sunday when I was grounding stuff from my office for a table I was grabbing it, walking through the lobby fast walking back and forth. Right. And this older guy who I love, he's, I think he's 80, like he's up there. Right. And he's just like, Hey, he just stopped me real quietly, real lovingly. And he's like, Hey, he said something to the effect of stop and smell the roses don't be so work that you're missing interactions with people is kind of what the point was. Mm -hmm. And in the moment I can, I could justify to myself, no, but you don't understand. I got to get this and I got to get down and I got to do that. that." But what he was seeing was that I was frenzied, probably missing chances to say hi to people. Yeah. And that, and so that was great. I love that because as much as I want to justify myself and why I'm right, no, there's wisdom there. There is wisdom there. Time. What he is seeing. And so I think about that now when I'm running around, like, don't miss the chance to stop and, and say hi to someone or stop to,
0: don't put the task over people. Right. Right. You That's my example. That's really good. I love that. Yeah. Any, anytime you can get better, like, everybody wins. No. I think there's a really, like, I think there's a really famous pastor that says something about when the leader gets better. Everyone gets better. I don't know. I don't know who it could be. (laughs) But that's what we want. Like We want criticism presented in a healthy way, in a kind way, in a way that understanding can be had, in a way that doesn't cause reaction or hurt feelings, and that then can be improved upon. And I feel like people just miss those first steps of being kind and putting people in a position to move forward. And they just skip right to, I just want to hurt you with this. Yeah. And like you said, that's unwise. That's demonic. That's the world that we see. It's chaos, right? And if God is a God of order, then the opposite of order is chaos. So we need to be really careful with that for sure. I know for me, one of the things that I've really been pleased with is not only the elders that I have at my church currently, but I've always tried to create a culture of people around me, even staff that I you know, am in charge of, that feedback can be done in an appropriate way. And that feedback goes for me as well, because I always want to be in a position to lead people to the best of my ability. If I can't be heard by somebody because of the way that I'm delivering what I need to be heard, then I need to receive that i need to get that back and i need to work on that right because i've got to discover how you hear information i'm the leader so i'm responsible not just for what i say but for what you hear and i remember this one time i had a staff member come up to me after we had just done this big volunteer rally so we were doing this volunteer rally all the volunteers are there there's like i don't know 50 60 volunteers in a huddle i'm getting everybody pumped up and somebody walked in late and when they walked in late, they didn't realize we were in the middle of a huddle and they said something, but everybody was quiet listening to me. So everybody heard what they said and it was funny. And so everybody started crack up, like everybody was cracking up laughing. And I like kind of recognized we were short on time and we needed to get through this and I had something to say, right? And so I was like, all right, let's get, Hey, let's lock in. Let's get back to it. And I kind of brought everybody back. So the staff member came up to me afterwards and just said, hey, are you cool if I give you a little bit of feedback? I was like, always, what's up? And he was like, I think you missed a moment to be human. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, dude, like you're a machine, bro. Like You, you get here at this time. You do this. You have the same pattern every morning. We know what you're looking for. We know what you're going to do. And, and here's your team laughing, having fun. Right, people that don't get paid to be here, and instead of laughing with them and showing them that you also can like be that guy, be a friend, be in on the joke, that kind of thing, you ended the fun. You were the fun killer, (laughs) and you were like, "Let's lock back in, guys. Okay, like enough laughing. Here we go. I got something to say." And he's like, "If you would have just held out on that moment for another ten seconds." people would have calmed down and given you their attention anyways. And he said, I don't know, just something to think about. I was like, you know what? You're exactly right. I need to ease up a little bit. They are volunteers. Like if that was a staff huddle and I couldn't get everybody's attention, that's different, but these are volunteers. So I love that kind of culture where staff and elders understand that, yes, there's a hierarchy and yes, there's a leader and that's great. But understand that they can come to me and and give that kind of feedback because it does it makes me better and I've got dozens of those examples where that's helped me become a better communicator, a better leader, and honestly, like just a better employee, like a better staff, uh, a better staff member to get you know trust and understand value from each other. So I've been really happy with that, and I'm always a big fan of of criticism when it's imp- what's when it's presented in the, in the right way. So
1: yeah, that's good. And I think I like that He said, can I give you some feedback? Cause that opens up yeah. the door, right? If it's, if you're just yep. too busy, hey, maybe later, maybe we can schedule a time. Yeah. And so
0: not right now I, I got go, go, like,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, that practice is great. Like if you're listening to us, like you don't want to deal with other people giving you feedback, how can I give feedback? Why don't you just ask for that window to be opened up, ask for that opportunity. Totally. To speak into someone's life, they could say no and don't be offended by it, but just approach with that humility. Hey, I love you. Can I give you a little bit of feedback or can we schedule a coffee and we can talk about whatever? Yep. Again, relationship is so important. And I think too, going back to the power of your words. Mm -hmm. And I had a chapter in my book called discernment with your words, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think when you talk about James three, when we talk about our words can speak life or can speak death, there is power in the tongue. And so. If we know that, and it's not just talking about they would have said there's power in your text, <laughs> but there is power in your words, both verbal and written. And so, if we know that, it, it, it behooves us to be to the point where we can be Holy Spirit led to not say the same or to pray about it, or to run it by someone else first. Hey, how does it sound? I want to present this. Or you know, we've been there with emails that we want to send and we've not sent them by the grace of God. And so. The same thing applies to, I really want to say this right now. Maybe I need to take five minutes and pray. Maybe I need to take five minutes yeah. and just chill. You know, yep. I mean, parenting, hello. I mean, this is not something oh. that we can all relate to that, right? We've all said things we regret in the moment. We get heated. And so we speak Mm-mm. death over our kids, even though they deserve it. right in the moment. They're being crazy. But what they see from us is going to be reflective on who they think they are as identity and how they then will use their words to tear down their own sibling or someone else that they come across. And, you know, I mean, kids nowadays, especially, I mean, I remember in grade school and the power of words is so strong. Your parents might say 500 things to tell you how great you are and your one kid in class will tell you something and then that's what you remember for the next 10 years of your life. Yeah. And so... We have to recognize that. And then kid or adult, we have to have our identity built in Christ that no matter what anyone says against us, if it's, if it's different from what God says about us, we have to go with what God says about us first and realize that people will have good criticism. And maybe, like I said, the great example of watchmen on the walls in your life, who's the watchman on your walls? Who is someone who can see? Because if you think of a castle, if your front gates are open to the enemy, People can just waltz right in as opposed to being shot mm-hmm. and as opposed to watchmen. What they would do is like, I see someone coming miles away. We need to prepare. And then by the time they're there, you have your army mobilized and ready to go. If you don't have watchmen yep. on your walls that are preparing you for things that you can't see, then you might sabotage yourself by your own words. You might go down a path of sin or of pride or anger and not be aware that other people can see those things way better than we can. People can see those things way better. Your spouse can see things Dude. way yeah. better than you can. And way so better. having a place of accountability, a place where other people can speak into your life and then be able to receive that is crucial for, for I think, every person.
0: So to wrap up, I, I think for our listeners, how, what do we do with all this information, right? Like, what do we take with this? Like I know we talked about, all right. So, How do we deal with trolls? I mean, for us personally, we're out of the comment section. We don't feel like comment sections are where friends are going to be made. That's where a lot of stuff can go down. Stay away from those. What do we do when it's not, it's not a troll, but it's legitimate criticism? Well, you know, we consider the source, right? We consider the source and we try to discern whether or not we should listen to that criticism. We take that criticism to God and we ask God to work through the Holy Spirit in us to reveal to us maybe uh, some blind spots. And if we are feeling convicted of that, maybe we even go to somebody else and say, hey, are we, you know, do I have some blind spots in this place? We always want to prepare when it comes to these kinds of conversations, whether we're on the receiving end or whether we're on the front end of actually delivering it. We want to make sure we're praying about, should we deliver this kind of criticism? And, And then lastly, our words have a lot of weight they have a lot of power and so for our listeners let's just decide to be different like listen if you're a christian this is how you should be and so i'm calling you to this because jesus has called us to this if you're not a christian you know like do it if you're not ready to say i do it because of jesus that's fine okay we'll we'll hopefully get there together but your words have so much power let's be encouragers Let's speak life over people. Let's present the gospel to people. Let's show people the love of Jesus. Let's introduce them to a love that they've never experienced before, a light they've never seen before, a man they've never been in a relationship with before. Let's show them that. And one of the ways that we can do that is through the heart and the passion we speak with, with our words. So I hope that's what we will do this week. I hope that's how we will join and move forward together. Don't forget to like and share the podcast. All you can email us at eyes on Jesus podcast at outlook.com. We'd love to hear any kind of troll stories you might have that would be fun to share. So email us that. And then in the meantime, until we meet again, go with God, grow in discernment and keep your eyes on Jesus.
1: Thanks for joining us on the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. Don't forget to hit subscribe. If this episode blessed you, please share it with a friend. Check out the show notes for more ways to connect with the hosts of the show.